So God, I want to commit this time to you that even as we look into your word now, may your word speak louder than our words. Lord, it's not the voice of man, but it is the prompting of the Holy Spirit that matters now, Father Lord, that as you take your word and turn it into life. So thank you, Jesus. I need your unction. I need your anointing, even as I deliver your word to your people. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say, Amen. I'm going to share with you a passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 4 in a closing session, closing passage of Paul's final letter to all of us. We skip chapter 3 because Pastor Sam Kyung will do chapter 3 in a couple of weeks' time. But I feel so glad to share with you this portion of Scripture and I've entitled my message, In the End, What Really Matters. In the End, What Really Matters. So let me read from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 to verses 18, and I will skip the first eight verses because Pastor Miranda has given us an outstanding message yesterday on the first eight verses. So Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 9 onwards, do your best to come to me quickly for Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only good old Dr. Luke is with me, the faithful one. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Titicus to Ephesus. When you come, told Timothy, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that though through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Everybody say, Amen. Most speakers will speak on 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. It's probably one of the most quoted passages of Scripture. And as Pastor Miranda said, uh, you find it a lot in tombstones. I fought a good fight, that kind of thing, you know what I mean? But it ends there. And we think that that is the end of the last letter of Paul, the last words of Paul before he left planet Earth. But not so. Why? 
because from verse 9 onwards, there are another 15 more verses. Paul has not finished speaking or writing. It is like this. It is as if Paul had finished publicly telling young Timothy, Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Timothy, let no man despise your youth. Timothy, do this, the word, the word, everything, do this, do this, do this. And after giving the public speaking, Paul now takes the bow. The curtains are closed. The lights are off. He goes to the backstage. But he's still got a lot to say. This is the private Paul. These are the final words. Because there's still a lot to say. And so he pours out his heart, not only to Timothy, but to all of us today. In the end, what really matters? Four things. Four things. Number one. In the end of your life, the first thing that matters is who are the people that surrounds you? You know, in life, you have many friends. In life, you have colleagues, even church people. But they may not be there for you at the end. So immediately, Paul gives two lists of people that were with him at the very end. The first list I call the rogues gallery. The rogues gallery. These are the people who talk big, who talk so much, they were there. You know, all of these people in the rogues gallery were with him at the beginning. Run, Paul! Do it, Paul! But at the end, they were not there. Not only were they not there, they deserted the Lord. The first one, Demas, because in verse 10, Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Commentators call this the Demas disease or the Demas syndrome. What is the Demas syndrome? The Demas syndrome is what it is there. People, at the end of the day, when it comes to push and shove, to decide between being loyal to God and being attracted to the world, in the final lap of their lives, choose the world. They have a form of godliness. You see that in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Pastor Samkyong will expound to you. People who are lovers of the world, lovers of money, yes, they have a form of godliness but there is no power. No power. And so they are overcome again and again 
by the world. And finally, like Demas, they choose the world. People whose God is money. Mammon is their God. Alexander the coppersmith has the infamous privilege of being mentioned twice by Paul in the rogues gallery. He mentioned again in 1 Timothy chapter 1, I think verse 20. Shipwrecked his face, did so well, started sailing, but when the storms of life come, shipwrecked. Why? Because another force became the master and the captain of their ship. They shipwrecked their faith. And not only that, for Alexander the coppersmith, he did me great harm. What did he do? Don't know. Not clear. But here is where my imagination ran wild. As I began to read, what is it that Alexander, the coppersmith, who ran with Paul, who was one of Paul's probably greatest supporters, and at the end, not only left Paul, but did him great harm. Not harm, a great harm. Probably, he was like this, you know, around the table talk, we talk, hey, you know, uh, I are the government like that one, uh, I yo. I, uh, you know, uh, the church is like this one. Uh, a pastor, uh, like that. Uh, the church, uh, like that. Uh, like that. Uh, like that. Uh, uh. You know, talk money. Uh. But when Alexander the coppersmith was put on the witness stand, the prosecutor probably asked Alexander, did Paul say this against Caesar? Alexander said, yes. Yes. Guilty. Alexander betrayed Paul. Don't betray the Lorna. Don't betray the church. Huh? And of course, Hymenius shipwrecked his faith, Phygelius homogeneous. I don't want to deal so long on this. Praise God! There was another list. Not the rogues gallery. I call this the roll call of honour. Praise God! Isn't it amazing? That in spite of the fact that everybody deserted me, there are still some people that did turn. They still believe in Paul. Who are these? I put that on his cipherous. He's not mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 4, but he's mentioned in 2 Timothy. He was mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16 and verse 18. Let me read about Onesophorus. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesophorus because he often refreshed me. Do you think that Paul was not discouraged? Of course. But Onesophorus refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, 
When he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. The day of the Lord. You know very well in how many ways he helped me. You, you know, you know the, the image I got of honest sufferers is this. He refreshed Paul honest all the time. And, and, and when he found out that Paul was in prison in Rome, he went to Rome. You know how many prisons are there in Rome? You know, the prisons are not like today, got address, la, got, got prison door, la, got a bed. No, all, all this underground one, no. Not a Hamas underground one, the kind of tunnels. No light, no. At least the Hamas got aircon, aircon, right? These are nothing, all, all fire, dark, dark. And so only servers will go to one, one, one. Paul, are you there? No such person called Paul. He goes to another one. Paul, are you there? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul. Paul, come. Not this one, lah. He goes to another one. Paul, and Paul came. Paul, all these sufferers. Are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? What do you want? You want Kai Tong? You want, what do you want? I can pull for you, you know? You want, what do you want? You know, you know, you know, you know something? He searched hard for me. And he blessed me. He never left me. He stayed with me to the end. Crescens, Titus, Dr. Liu, good old doctor. You know, Dr. Liu was in prison. Because only Liu is with me, ma. Prison law. And John Mark. Who can forget John Mark? You know who was John Mark? John Mark was the one that left Paul. The one said, you remember? You know, there was a discrepancy and a this quarrel between Paul and Barnabas. No lah, John Mark not like that one. Paul like that lah. Barnabas, no, believe in him lah. Paul said, no, forget about him. And Paul was wrong. Paul was wrong. And the one that he rejected became his greatest supporter lah. And everybody left. John Mark stayed. Tychicus and Timothy. So on one hand, we have the rogues gallery. On the other hand, the roll call of honour. I'm going to ask you, which list do you think you will be in? You tell God, don't tell me. You tell God. You know, I want to thank those of you who have supported me all these years, supported the church and supported the pastors. Have we made it right all the time? No. Have we made mistakes? Plenty. Have we offended you? I think so. By the things we said, the things we did not say, or the things we, we, we meant to do but didn't do, forgive lah. But those of you who stood with us through thick and thin, 30 years, thank you. Let's give God a clap. Shall we do that? So in the end, the second thing that matters, according to Paul, 
not only are the people around you, but also the purpose that you have lived for before you came to the end. Why? Because how you have spent the days of your life before you breathed your last breath matters. Matters. When you were strong, when you were healthy, when you had so much opportunities and when so much blessings that God has blessed you with, what did you do with them? What concerned you? What was the one that really, really made you keep you awake? What is it that concerned you? Did you live for God? Or did you live for yourself? A form of godliness. But you denied the power. So how do I know that Paul lived his life for God? Verse 6 to verse 8. The off-coated passage of Scripture. When Paul said, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. I've come to the end of my life now. I'm being poured out as a drink offering and the time has now come for my departure. Now, you want to know what departure means? Go and hear Pastor Miranda's message last night, yesterday evening. There are four connotations, but I believe the right one, in my opinion, is a nautical one. The, the Greek says that it is the picture of a ship that has been released from its moorings and now left the harbour and now moving on to the next destination. It is a temporary departure, not the final destination. Now, this, this, this is, is loaded, okay? That itself, theologically, is loaded. But notwithstanding that, Paul says that it's now come for my departure, like a transition, a transition lounge. That is not the final destination. You are transiting from one... One city, another city, you're a transition lounge. That's what it means. But I fought a good fight. Wow. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. He has fought the good fight. In other words, I've lived a full life life. I've lived a full life. Not because I'm wealthy, not because I'm successful, but because I serve God. I finished the race. I fought the good fight and I've kept my faith. Notwithstanding all the challenges, I've never given up on God. I've never given up on the body of Christ, no matter how imperfect it has been. You know, Jesus himself says, you live for him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. I ask you, church, do you really believe this? Huh? You know, I, I like what Pastor G.T. Lim said last week. Many things he said I like. Particularly, this aspect of what he said resonated with me because that was also my passion. This is also my perspective. He said this. Do you remember? He said, uh, is God real to you? Do you remember him asking this question? Is, is God real to you? 
Oh, everybody, yes, yes, yes. Then he said, if God is real to you, then surely what he said matters, right? Correct or not? If God is real to you, uh, he's not only real to you on a Sunday and then you go out, uh, it's fictional. Uh, hey, pastor, all this imaginary one. Uh, no, not true. Not true. Uh. If you think God is real to you, don't you think you take seriously what he says? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do you believe it or not? All these things will be given to you. But pastor, how come I'm not richer? It's nothing to do with wealth. Everything, money, 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 money. Something wrong with you, my Many things money cannot buy. Just so God says, you seek me first. All of this. I don't even know what all of this means. I don't know. Will be added to you. Read this with me. So everybody, read this with me. Let's read what Jesus says. All right, are you ready? Read out loud, left to right, front to back. Those online as well. One, two, three. One more time, one more time. Half of you are reading. Come on, read lah. Are you ready? One, two, three. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. One more time. One, two, three. God, and all these things will be added unto you. Do you believe it or not? See? Do you believe it or not? So when the rubber hits the road, it really matters. The third thing that matters is not only the people around you when it comes to the final length of the last lap of your life. Not only the purpose that you live for. Hey, actually, uh, a thought just came to my mind about the purpose that we live for. You know, when Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul, it is actually a profit and loss statement. All of you know what is profit and loss, right? So everything is profit, loss, profit, loss, profit, loss, whether it makes ends meet or not, what is my profit, what is my loss, that kind of thing. As we come to the end of the year, it's budget time. Do you know life is a profit and loss statement? How you live your life at the end of the day, how you end it. Is it gain? Or is it loss for you? When I say gain, I don't mean your bank account. No? You can have billions in your bank account, but you're a loser. You are a loser. Because in the perspective of God, it's never about your wealth. You don't want to be a loser. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but you lose your own soul? Think about it. That's why you live to serve God. 
but very important. At the end of the day, what also matters is in achieving all of this so-called worldly success and worldly accolades and worldly fame, what kind of a person have you become? At the end of the day, have you become a better person or a really bitter one? You tell me. And at the end of the day, even in serving God, uh, even in giving to God, uh, even in doing whatever that you want to do for God, uh, no matter how altruistic and how idealistic are your aims, uh, what kind of person have you become? Angry with God all the time. Lord, I did so much for you. How come uh, I'm not healed? How come I'm How come? How come? How come? So you become very angry. And many people end like that, understand? It's not worth it. Not worth it. Believe me. What kind of a person you have become matters. Matters in the eyes of God. So I say to my pastors, God, your heart. God, your heart. The devil will trip you. The devil will trip you. And I got my heart. Two things Paul said. At the end of his life, be very careful that you have these two attitudes. Number one, oh, I, I show this picture. You know why? Just commercial break. Huh? Um, somebody tells me that this is 400 meters. I wasn't sure. You know, my PA pick up, pick up this picture. It's the men's 400 meters final in the World Championship in 2019 in Doha. You know, these are the people that run the last lengths, you know. And so you pity the last guy too, the two guys in yellow. Ah, huh? oh, you're so pitiful. Huh? Why, man? You run faster. Huh? But I applaud them. You know why? Because it's not about getting first, second or third. It's finishing the race. Paul never said, I got gold medal. I finished the race. Make sure that in the final lap of your life, you're a better person, not a bitter one. Whole life complain, 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 complain. What for? So number one, Paul says at the end of your life, forgive. Forgive. How do I know? He said this. At my defense, in verse 16, no one came to my support, but everybody has deserted me. And he said this amazing phrase, may it not be held against them. Everyone. Those that have wronged him, those that have offended him, those that have scandalized him, those that have deserted him, forgive them. Does it sound familiar? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. What other person said things like that? You tell me who? Before he died, besides Jesus. Stephen. Stephen. And he was stoned. 
when he was drawing his last breath, he says, Father, lay this not charge of sin against them. And he gave his last breath and Jesus stood up. Come, my son. Come. In the final minutes of your life, you are like Jesus. That's more important. Forgive. I've offended some of you. Forgive. But also in my 29 years of ministry, people have offended me. People have said things to me, scolded me. I tell you, huh? Even threatened me. I will destroy you. Believe it or not, even chased out of the house. But I forgive them. I pray to the Lord, Lord, lay it not against them. And only then, I continue to pray for them. I bless them and their family. And up to today, I still want the best for them, right? Because they are still children of God, ma. Maybe at that moment, they didn't know what they were doing. I don't know. You know, there is a term in English language called hubris. It's not anger. Jesus was angry, you know, for the righteous anger. Hubris is one level of anger that controls you until you don't even know what you are doing. Everything, and, and I believe, for example, that what Israel is doing now to Hamas is hubris. This is my opinion, you may not agree with me, huh? Hubris. Kill, 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 whack, whack, whack. Don't care who, don't care what. That's hubris. And you know, many people like that. As long as I am angry, don't care. That kind of stupid attitude, right? Hubris. Don't be like that. Don't end your life like that, Mana. Forgive. Forgive. At the end, ask God as I ask myself. It's hard. Forgive. You know, the reason why all of you are here today, including me today, is because of the goodness of God. Do you think so? Do you not think that you are here today listening to me because God has been gracious to you? That God has been good to you? God has rescued you how many times? That's what I'm talking about. That's what he said. Here's what he said in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17. He said this, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength and through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. So in other words, Paul began to reminisce. 
Paul began to think back how to all the, this is the last months of his life, huh? he thanked God. You know, every time we take the communion, what are we doing? Remembering, right? Remember for what? Remember lah. No, remember with thankfulness. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for what he has done for you. That's what Paul did. He thought back, the Lord, the Lord stood at my side. The Lord gave me the strength when I needed the strength most so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. You know there are two kinds of lions in the Bible? One kind of lion is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. It is Jesus. It's not Jesus, right? He cannot be delivered from Jesus. Ma. So what is the other lion? It's the lion of Bashan. The lion of Bashan. The lion of Bashan is fierce, is ferocious, is wild. The lion of Bashan is the synonym of the devil. 1, Timothy, 1, 1 Peter 5, 8. Your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Make sure you're not devoured by the enemy. The lion of Bashan. So Paul says, God is so good to me. He delivered me from the devil. And so he says, thank you. Thank you. Can I encourage you, my friend? Thank God. You heard me say that how many times? There are so many things in our lives that we can thank God for. Rather than complain, 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 complain. Why not thank, 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 thank? Thank Complain, complain, whole life complain. No cross la, music too loud la, why so dark la? For heaven's sake, our church is not perfect, pastor is not perfect. But surely this is something in this church you, you profit from, right? Don't you think so? Come on, let's give God a clap offering, you agree with me. We are a good church. Not a perfect church in any, by any standards, right? You think the church down the road is perfect? Thank God. Thank God for your family. Thank God for your work. Thank God for your health. Thank God for the church. The fourth one is very important. So four things matter. Paul. Number one, the people around you. Don't be in the rogues gallery. Be in the roll call of honour. I'm not asking you to come on the stage and have a high profile ministry. No. Encourage. Only sufferers refreshed me. Can you be an encourager? Rather than a complainer. Live for God. Because at the end of your life, with all the opportunities open to you, use it for God. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are, how clever you are. You don't believe me? Ask my friend Solomon. Ask him. Meaningless. Chasing after the wind. Ask him. At the end of the day, what kind of a person have you become? Are you better? Or are you bitter, consumed by hubris? And finally, can I have the musicians on stage? 
what matters most as we journey towards the end of our days is what kind of a presence accompanying you across the finish line. Very important. Who is with you? I'm not talking about your spouse. Nobody is going to be there for you. Huh? Not your wife, not your banker, not your pastor. Understand? When you cross the finish line, only two types of people. You decide who. Is God with you? The presence will take you across the finish line. How do I know? Suddenly, Paul now shifts from the past tense. The Lord stood with me. The Lord delivered me. The Lord was with me. And now he says, in the final verse of this morning, the Lord will rescue me to the future. Why? He got a few more months to go. He hasn't finished. But even in this final, final, final lap of the last, he wants to make sure that he crossed the finish line. He says, the Lord will rescue me. From every evil attack, the Lord will bring me safely to His heavenly home. To Him be glory forever and forever. It's eternal, my friend. I'm talking about eternal timeline. Life is but a parenthesis in the eternal timeline. How you use your life matters. Let me close with this picture. It's a very common occurrence in the Olympic Games and in the 110 meters hurdle. They were winning. They crossed every hurdle. But in the last hurdle, they, they, they tripped. things in life are more precious than money, jewelry, houses, all the kind of rubbish. Understand. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Make sure all of us finish well. Hallelujah. Close your eyes with me. Everybody, bow your heads. You know, in the closing stages of this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to give two altar calls. First of all, if there's any one of you here that has yet to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I want you to decide today. I don't want you to give it a miss. I don't want you to tolak. I don't want you to postpone it. Why? Because this is such important. So important. And you've heard the gospel message many times. But today is your day of decision. In the first service, I was surprised two people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. 
I don't know this one. Because, you know, people wake up 8.30, huh? very few newcomers want to know. But this one, this one, there are some of you who are brought in by a friend and you have not made a public confession of your faith in Jesus Christ today. I want to offer you all his bowed, all eyes closed. You have never accepted Jesus Christ, but you've heard the gospel many times. But today you say, Pastor, because of the word of God, not because of what Pastor Chu says, on the strength of the word, I surrender. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ for the first time, you're brought in by a friend or by your relative. I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to stand up. By standing up, you say, Pastor, I want to commit. That's all. So the count of three, those down here and those in the balcony. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, don't wait till Christmas, sir. Today, you stand up quickly. One, Two, three, you stand. I'm going to wait any long, very long. By standing, you say to me, Pastor, I finally surrender. You stand. Praise God. Anybody in the balcony? Anyone? If you feel the tug in your spirit, man, don't fight God, understand? Don't fight because you walk out of this place, I don't know what's going to happen, I understand. But I'm asking you, authority of Scripture, you have not made a public confession of your faith in Jesus Christ, you stand. Ten more seconds. Those in the balcony as well. take it that most of you, if not all of you, are Christians. Understand? But at the end of this morning, you can still come and talk to us. Understand? Because this is such an important thing. Don't miss it for heaven's sake. Don't miss it. Understand? Please don't miss it. But never mind. The second order call I want to make is this. Those of you who want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, something in my message this morning touched you. And you, in a sense, have lived your life somehow, purposeless maybe, maybe half-hearted, lukewarm. Today, in the strength of the Word, you want to rededicate your life, your future, your career. I'm not asking you to go full-timer. You know Paul was a tent-maker? Huh? As a tent-maker, he was in the workplace, like all of you, like all of you. Understand? For many years, I was in the workplace. But I resolved to serve God. So something in my message has spoken to you. You want to surrender the rest of your days to God. I don't know how you will pan out. But you come and ask God. Surrender to God. Understand? Hallelujah. So in a short while, we're going to sing the song, The Goodness of God. But I want you now to surrender your life to God. 
rededicate your life and you've come as a family if you want to it doesn't matter but let's end the year well so that we enter the new year well amen amen so let's all rise the altar is open as we declare the goodness of god you want to come for prayer you want to come for rededication you come and let's honor the lord and worship the lord on the goodness of god amen thank you jesus